All right, this t- this podcast is seriously taking me all stinking day to do. We started <laughs> it and stopped it and redid it so many times. And it's kind of funny because we're talking about self-doubt. And why are you struggling and having to redo Because I'm self-doubting everything. <laughs> and that's that if that could. You're self-doubting yourself on a self-doubt topic. I do that all the time. You are a very big self-doubter. I'm a big self-doubter. But that's why it's so important, I think, for you to talk about this. But I think that it's also, it's in some points, it's worked. I've used it to work for my favor. I think in some ways, it's actually became, it's actually kept me humble and kept me from being able to have a larger ego than I should. Because doubt can be uh-huh. a good thing. I mean, there's a healthy dose of doubt. You know, it's funny. It's Paul's thorn in the flesh. He says is a messenger from Satan or has him to keep him from becoming proud. Yeah. And I'm like, that makes a lot of sense to me because yeah. I'm like, man, I could see how pride, you know, if if you didn't, if I didn't have as much self-doubt it would be so about easy. everything, I yeah. think it would be so easy so to proud. become very, very prideful and, and, and be exactly who I shouldn't be. Yeah. Which would and be awful. person would be absolutely awful. Um. But it's, yeah, so I struggle with it, and it's a natural, it's a natural human emotion, but it's all about dealing with it and not letting it control us and control the way that we go. But we know from, we've gotten Um, so many messages, though, from so many of you for quite a while now, though, that you do struggle with self-doubt, and you do feel controlled by it and paralyzed by it, mm -hmm. and... What do we do? How do you? How do I you think deal for with me that? it gets me complete. You know, I, I I do. I have become paralyzed by it. I am not as definitely not as bad as uh, I used to be with it. I think I've learned to to deal with it and put it in perspective and be able to overcome it a little bit. But it's still really really difficult. I don't think it's that's ever why. something that goes away. No, necessarily. You know, that's why it's nice. To receive messages, you know, from people all the time that, you know, just encouraging messages. And I'm like, okay, good. This, this <laughs> proves that I should shut up and at least that somebody is getting something out of this. Sure. And I shouldn't constantly worry about what I say or worry that, you know, somebody's going to take me wrong or I'm not going to say it the way that I want to say it or whatever else it is. So, um, but it, as a Christian now, taking this in a, in a from a Christian perspective, how do you deal with self-doubt? And you see that biblically it's something that's very, very, it's a common attribute in people. It can be something that can turn very, very um, sinful and you can go in a completely incorrect direction with it. But then I think there's there's a little bit of legitimacy there to self-doubt. We all should have some level of self-doubt because we can't get through this on our own we can't do this on our own we do need christ to be able to get through this life to be able to live for him and to be able to get through this life we do need him and he we need him with us daily because we will get the constant attack from the enemy which is doubt is one of his favorite tools 
that Satan uses against a Christian. That's because if you can bring doubt to a believer's mind, that's how you destroy it. That's destruction. Do you think that the devil is stupid? Because he's not. He is not God and he is not omnipresent like God, which means all over the place. He's not in everything. But you know what? He's been around and he has a lot of his his little minions around that have reported to him. And, and he knows a lot of information about you. He knows everything about you. Not in the way that God knows everything about you, but he knows all the negative. He knows all the earthly things. He knows all the bad stuff that you have done. He knows the person who you are inside who, you know, some days that, you know, you say, I am, a, I am just a weak, terrible, horrible person. And he knows that part of you. And he tells you that. And he tries to get you to believe that this is true. And he knows you perfectly. And these attacks will be specific. Like I said, not, not every time you have self-doubt is that Satan attacking you. But, you know, when it gets severe. You know, when we, we want to serve God, but we start second-guessing ourselves. And start second-guessing our ability to be able to face these things. And to cope and to be content and to be able to push through. Um, these are the things that, you know, he comes and he just reminds you of who you are and accuses you and sits there and reminds you of everything that you've done in the past, how you've disobeyed God, how horrible of a person you are and how, you know, and, and like it'll be very, very specific down to down to reminding you of your your very specific sin at times. Which Just is another to, one that you've really struggled with. Right. And that one, man, that one hits you the most because that's just a tool that he uses perfectly to make you believe that you're not forgiven and that it's not accomplished. I mean, some days for you, honestly, it pops up out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, I mean... I mean, we're having an awful day. I'm like, what the heck happened? Well, it's funny because even before I started this podcast and all through this this podcast, random things pop up that I'm just like, even talking about how horrible of a person that yeah. I was yeah. brings those up, you know? So even when you bring up the fact that, yeah, I wasn't the best person in the past, well, guess who's along with me? You know, guess guess who showed up to the party? Yeah. And guess who's trying to get me to not want to do this and get me down and get me to stop? It's the same old posse of of things that are that are just screaming nothings and just accusing to get you to stop from being forgiven and and realizing that, you know, a guy died and it was nailed to a cross because of these things. It's 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 accomplished. It's finished. That what you've done is is erased to the past. You've if you've accepted Christ and you live for Christ now and you yep. truly desire Him in your heart, um, it doesn't exist to Him. You have to deal with the consequences. Those don't go away. Whatever you've done. So it may be by memory. 
For some people, it may be, you may be a murderer. You may have committed literal murder. Well, you're not going to get out of prison because you're forgiven by God. But you are going to get out of eternal prison because you're forgiven by God. Okay, so God forgives you. He doesn't view you as a murderer anymore. That doesn't mean the state doesn't bring you as a murderer anymore. Yeah, sure, like, we, I mean, they're we, very real things. You might still have to literally be dealing with. Right. But that's not because God and, hasn't forgiven and you. And talking about justice and all that. this, that's a separate issue. Because, <laughs> we, you know, we, we should all should treat everybody. But for the most part, the state sees you as a murderer. God doesn't see you as such. Although he sees us all as murderers, liars, thieves in the flesh. That's what the forgiveness and the work on the cross was for. And and sometimes we don't we forget that and we go, No, no, Christ didn't die. <laughs> he didn't die. No, no. He didn't. I have to remember my sin and I am a horrible person and that's why I shouldn't do this. It's because of who I was is definitely define defines me for now. That's who I am now. That's for sure. I am this person, so I should do nothing. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not being forgiven. You're a new create. You're not being a new creation. We're we're being forgiven and renewed every single day and purified every single day. That's what's great about it. Because you know what my prayer is every single night. It always starts off with, God, I'm sorry. I could have done a lot better. Aww. I I could have. Yeah. I mean, we all could. I should have been a better servant. I should have been a better father. I should have been a better husband. I could have spent more time doing these things that I should be doing. I shouldn't have spent the time thinking that. I can't do these things rather than just doing them, you know. So, um, you know, those, that definitely is something that does not go away. But honestly, the secret to it is honestly just simple as understanding a few principles of it and then just ignoring it honestly acknowledge it say yep that was me that that was exactly who I was and yep I did every single one of those things that I can remember right because I can only remember my specific sins. If this was a game of holding things against me, God knows everything. And he knows stuff that I don't even remember. That if you were to show me, I would have been like, oh, I forgot I did about that. I only remember this list of ones that I swear that will keep me out of heaven. <laughs> that's so sad, but that's such a good like, right? but I mean, that's just of it. Yeah, I mean, I only remember that. But if God held this against me, he remembers even the stuff that you don't know. Yeah. So if he held that against you, if he defined you as that creation, Yikes. you'd be, I mean, you'd be done. I mean, yeah. the stuff that you, you, you sometimes sin unwillingly. 
that's why I usually try to add in the prayers too. You know, forgive me for, you know, going against you either willingly or unwillingly because automatically I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to make these decisions and go against you and not even think about it. You said, and be like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, so we can't, fo you know, we, we can't focus on those things. But at the same time, those things just define us for the character because we have to remember that we're, we're being renewed and we're renewed. How do you do that? Act like a renewed creation. That's the go and sin no more. That's like, you know, if you... You know, if you had a problem going out and sleeping with all of the guys in the world and you were known as a whore, well, Stop cool. Doing Stop that. doing that and you're not a whore anymore. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I feel like, you know, going through like the biblical womanhood and the different things, talking about some of these different topics, looking at scripture and stuff. And then it's like, it's amazing how most of us so willingly keep ourselves trapped in these boxes. Because the answer truly is, take those thoughts captive. Stop letting them control you. Stop. Give it to God and literally stop giving them power. You are the only one that can give this self-doubt power. And until you're ready to stop, not I'm saying that you can make it poof, go away, you never have to deal with it again. But until you're ready to take those thoughts mm -hmm. captive and stop giving them power, stop mm -hmm. letting Satan use that against you, nothing's going to change. You don't but you, you have forget to do them. That. You don't forget them. You let them shape you. You let them shape who you are going forward. And those are those shape the decisions that you make. Yeah. You know what? And that that also shapes the grace that you give. Yeah. What am I pointing a finger for at somebody when I used to do the same exact thing? Yeah. That should that should provide you all the most grace. Be like, hey, hey, sweetie, you're doing what I used to do. You need to stop. Because this is what's going to happen. It's going to ruin you, and you're going to wish that you, you didn't. Um, You know, it, it just shapes your decisions mo moving forward, but that's the only thing that it should shape. It no longer defines you as a person. It gives you experience. It doesn't define you as a person. It just gives you experience in one particular area that you can strengthen others. What did Jesus say to Peter? Strengthen your brothers. I know you go do what you're going to do. In Peter's case, this is a little bit different. Don't go do what you're going to do yeah. and come back. In Peter's case, it was a little different because he was, you know, he was on direct, direct order from, from Jesus and, this whole deal with Satan, it's, it's a thing. Go read the Gospels, everyone. <laughs> um, but when you return to me, go and strengthen your brothers. Yeah. You know what that means? When you return, after you've messed up, after you've realized, I made a ginormous mistake. Yeah. Uh, Father, I have sinned. I'm sorry. You're forgiven. Now go strengthen your brothers yeah. who are caught in the same exact trap that you find yourself in. You go and you give them grace and forgiveness, but you explain to them that this is, there's a death behind this of somebody. So it's serious because somebody died for this forgiveness 
for this deed of forgiveness that you're given, somebody actually died so that you could have that. So it's not something that you just go and you abuse. And that person had very specific wishes, and, com and, and they're not wishes, they're commands. But in the, in the narrative of the story, if it was just wishes of my dying wishes that I wish that people would live by and, and, and go by, it's these things. Now, of course, these are commands from our holy god they're not they're not just dying wishes yeah. no they're they're they they deal with the eternal so they're serious but um you know you you, you explain the seriousness and you have a heart for the seriousness of it and you snatch somebody out of that fire it's that that's a violent snatch it's a you're not pleased with it you're not it. It's the you walk right up and you go, hey, you know what? You're done. Come here with me. You know, like your kid. Rebuke. If your kid were to shoot right. out, yeah. you know, from the side of the car yeah. in the parking lot or something, yeah. you would snatch him back. Are you kidding me? And then you go, listen, I'm not coming at you as if I'm better than you. Absolutely not. Because I'm not. The problem is, is that I'm a horrible, wretched, you know, person and I've been forgiven. But I want you to understand that you're a horrible, wretched person, too, and you need forgiveness. We all need it. We all, I believe that we all consistently need forgiveness. Not for our salvation, but it's a command in repentance, in, in staying consistently, just remaining consistently humble over an overly gracious God. I mean, that's R.C. Sproul. What's wrong with you people? We expect so much out of this when we have already been given way more than we deserve. Regardless of what your theology is on it, I mean, these are facts. We don't deserve any of this. We are. At the end of the day, we're, we're creatures out of the ground that disobeyed God, and we will continuously we will continually disobey God without him. This is something that we will continuously do. So, with all of those things in light, um, there's so many, so many examples of healthy doubt. In the Bible that we have, um, I think the most important display of temporary doubt that we had that showed how truly human Jesus was. He was truly God and truly man. And the truly man part of him was in Matthew 26, 41. Before his arrest and going to his death and his crucifixion, the disciple, he's trying to keep the disciples up praying. Can't you pray 
I'm like my, my spirit here is going nuts. I'm troubled. Jesus prays. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Come on, guys, get praying. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. It says my spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So the whole the spirit inside of inside of him were absolutely willing to obey God and submit to his commands. But in the flesh I'm weak. I'm scared. I don't know if I can do this. Am I sure that there can't be a better way? Is is there a better way? That'd be way cool. If not, because it's really, really... This is really not something that I want to go and face. It's not something that I'm looking forward to. The Fletchers were really, really afraid right now. So... It it's something that obviously it's a true human emotion that even Jesus experienced. He overcame it perfectly. But he had that moment there of Ah man, this is really gonna suck. I don't wanna do this. How am I gonna do this? I can't do this. That sounds like each and every single one of us every single day, no matter what we do. Probably when you wake up, you're like, ah, how am I going to do this? I don't want to do this another day. How? Why? Great. What bad is going to happen today? (laughs) How much money am I going to owe somebody today? What's going to break today? Every time. Either it's going to be somebody or something, what's happening, or I'm going to owe somebody, or some, what terrible news. You know, I think we all, we all feel like that to a certain extent, but at the same time, we look at the example of Jesus and Peter when Jesus calls out to Peter on the water and he says Peter come come to me that's in Matthew 14 Peter gets, goes sees him gets out what does he start to do he starts to doubt he's like oh wow I'm on water out in the middle of the sea like this is crazy I'm gonna drown What? somebody help me and then what did Jesus say to him in verse 31? He says, Peter, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I called you. I told you you were going to be fine. You know, I told you you were going to make it to me. What did you do? You doubt. And he sung. And I had to come and I'll pick you up. That's fine. But why? What are you doing? Why'd you doubt? You don't think that I can do these things? And then I think the best, the the other example that we have in this is in Matthew 16. And I mean, this Matthew 16 has plenty of meaning in itself. But one of the things that I see here in Matthew 16 is, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and read it and then I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. So we'll start 
if everybody should already have their Bible out by now. Because whenever you listen to these types of podcasts, we always encourage you to just have your Bible handy to make sure that I'm not making crazy claims. <laughs> right? Even if you disagree with my theology, just make sure that I'm not making like crazy, like growing up churchy. That's the Bible should be included in the <laughs> exactly. All right, but if you go to Matthew 16, and I'll do it. Um, I'm doing it out of ESV, so and I have to read the whole thing, and I've got to think about this. Is you can't just take one verse out of it. When I was preparing to do this, I was like, you know what? I was going to take one verse out of it. And just went, nope. I got to read the whole thing because it's it's important, the whole story that Jesus tells here and this whole interaction. So it's Matthew 16. And the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test him. That's really, really important. So they were coming with, they were already coming against Christ, already coming to challenge him. They, they weren't ready to believe. They didn't want to believe it in him to begin with. And the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test him. They asked him to show them a sign from heaven. He answered them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be stormy today, for the sky is red and threatening. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign. But no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. So he left them and departed. When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring any bread. Jesus said to them, Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And they began discussing it among themselves. We brought no bread. But Jesus, aware of this, said, O you of little faith, why are you discussing among yourselves the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I did not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of the bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. All right. What happened there? The Pharisees and Sadducees, they were testing him, number one, but they doubted. They said, fine, if you are who you say you are, show us a sign from him. Show us something. And he's like, he answers them. And rebukes him. He said, when it's evening, you say it'll be fair weather for the sky is red. And the morning it'll be stormy today for the sky is red and threatening. He tells him, you know how to interpret the weather. But you can't tell that I, the Christ is right in front of you. Based off of the things that I have already done. And things that I have already said. You should know better. And then the sign of Jonah ends up giving them like the whole story all in one. They don't they don't understand it. It blows their mind. But he ends up giving them the resurrection story right there. The death and the resurrection story right there. They have no idea what he's talking about. 
But it gives them kind of answers up indirectly in a way that they just are not able to perceive. And then goes and tells the disciples, hey, watch out for these guys. Watch out for the teachings of these guys. They're not paying attention to who I am. And they don't, they, they're not being watchful and they're not paying attention to what's right there in front of them. Nor do they care. They doubt. They go, they wanted to test him. They didn't really believe. But then if you notice, he's telling the disciples as when they were, when the disciples reached the other side, they had realized that they didn't bring any bread with them. They're like, Ah, we didn't bring any bread. So Jesus says, aware of this. Why are you discussing to yourselves about any bread? I wasn't talking about, look what I did for when I fed the people out in the wilderness. Why are you worried about the bread? Worry about the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And what was that teaching? Their teachings were certainly not believing in Jesus. It certainly led them to doubt and not believe who was right there in front of him. And what he could do and what he could accomplish. And that was the very, the very same thing that the disciples were worrying about when they got to the other side and they couldn't they, they remember that they didn't have any bread. Like, ah, how's this gonna work? Ah, oh, um man, we don't have any bread. Then Jesus knowingly uses a metaphor about leaven to describe a teaching of unbelief and doubt. Imagine that. That's what it was all along. It says, be, beware of the leaven of the, of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Beware of that doubt. Don't forget who I am and what I can do. I do feel like Furtick now, man. I've watched. I think Travic, Travis. <laughs> you made us. Travis and so I Travis were laughing about this. Travis is listening to this just geeking out. I know, out, he's laughing out. right now, man. But I, oh my gosh. I have watched so many stinking Furtick sermons lately, and then especially watching the one Furtick sermon that we did for Theology Refs. Yeah. So now it's rough, man. I'm like, man, when I was preparing for Matthew 16 earlier, I was like, it's like, read this, and I'm like, man, there's a great, great message about doubt in here and, and an ultimate lesson about, you know, doubt and just confusion and... and uh but is oh, th that's the difference, though. But is there a message here that was the in right? Was or did the I create one <laughs> heart issue that Jesus was trying to convey in this, right. or are you trying to make sure that this is about me and lifting me up and putting the focus on me instead of Christ, and therefore you're plugging me into the story? See, big difference between the two. Right, there is there is a huge difference, but. And and that is, obviously, I said at the beginning, there's many things that Matthew 16 does does say for, for many things, but reading over it, 
and listening to Jesus in in the the uh just the dialogue of it you can see there that he's he's getting he's getting to the point he's like do not worry that's the problem is I can do these things why don't you believe that I can do these things why are you doubting yourself? So we can use that as strength and comfort with our walks with him today. And that's how these these things affect our daily lives and how we look at these things and where we put our focus. And when we remember who Christ is and what exactly he can do and remember that he can do these things. He can move mountains. And he will move mountains for you. I've seen it happen. Things that you just did not believe were possible. With prayer and time become possible. But you just have to do them. And you have to stay confident in the Lord. You have to stay in constant prayer. Because it doubt and self-doubt will defeat you if you don't consist, consistently attack it, pray, and honestly just work past it. Just say no to the negative aspects of it. Saying no to... You know, stand firm in what you believe and what you know is truth in your heart. In all of the other things that are hitting you, whether it be spiritual, physical, you know, something literal in your life, whatever it may be. Just let it go. Just deal with it. What you can't control any of these things. You can't control any person. You can't, you know, change them at this moment. So while you're doubting and you're letting this person destroy you for living the type of life that you know is truth and doing the types of things that you know are right, this person is hindering you from doing this, but if you would just let that go and put that at the cross and have faith and trust in God that even the very people that persecute you may eventually turn and come back and apologize and change the way that they're living and somehow down the road, however it happens, meet Christ and then realize that they were wrong the whole time. You don't know. God could be working that out for you, but you could be the person that's actually preventing that by getting upset, worried, not taking, by doing different things, by not standing firm in who you know that you should be in Christ, in knowing that you will be persecuted, you will be reminded of these things, you will, you know, all these things will. Um, your past will come to haunt you, you know, it will, um, the, the worst possible things about yourself will begin to surface and you will 
you will start to to attempt to want to believe those things. But you just have to let them go, be a new creation, and just move on and trust that God has it all worked out and trust in who he is. Trust that he is the same God that can walk on water and that he calls you out on the water. He can take you through it if you let him. But it's it's when you start doubting and questioning yourself, him, that you sink. And, you know, that that's why they're, the example's in there is because Peter did say, and Peter did this many times, it's a, an ex- example to us that we do, and we know that we have an advocate when we do to pick us up and to help us out. But we minimize those times that we do it by belief and by trusting in Christ. That's what that's what minimizes those falls is just that trust and realizing who he is and what he can and will do for you. And sometimes that means standing boldly in your position that you're at now. So you begin to question yourself if you're doing the right thing. You know, if this is what I should be doing, don't question it. Take it to prayer. Take it to the word. And and don't question it. But just follow his will for you and your life. Even if you don't see it. You may not see it some days. It may look pretty ugly some days. But you know what? Just pick yourself up and just do it. And ignore all of the fiery darts that are coming at you. Telling you that you can't. Or telling you that you shouldn't. Or telling you that you're not good enough. Smart enough. You don't deserve it. You don't. None of that's true. None of it is. You can't be defined by who you were when you're a new creation and you're being renewed every single day in the Lord. You you are no longer defined by who you were, your old thoughts, your old feelings, your old way of doing things. Don't be a slave to yourself. And that's just, that's something that I know I've, like I said, I, I still, I struggle with consistently. I, I Being completely honest, before we started, started this about four or five times trying to figure this, this podcast out because I was doubting what I was saying, what I was trying to get out. I had worked fast and the furious on this thing, knowing the direction that I wanted to go with this. And then completely lost it halfway through. And I was like, I really want to do this, but I can't. And I started doubting myself. But that's when I'm just like, nope. Okay, fine. Not going to doubt. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go off of what I know in my heart. And what's so amazing is every time you end up doing that, like the 
the podcasts that we get the messages about the most, I think, that are like, oh my goodness, I don't know what it was you said or the way you said it, but that was exactly what I needed to hear. That's exactly what God had been laying on my heart, you know, or whatever it is. Because it's not about us, it's about God and how he's working. And it's, I think, every time that's yeah, it's funny. That it's, like, it's like, none of that is what it, God wanted. Because I guarantee you when we get done with this, you'll be like, was that good? Listen yeah. to it. Oh, I, don't I know. Think it was I, good. This is really already awful. Think it's, we should probably just trash it. Let just me so everybody knows, time. I already think this is, I, I already hate the way that I did this one. <laughs> Because I, I had a complete different idea for it. That's why I'm saying yeah, that. That's why I'm being it. honest, though, is because I did. I have a complete, this is not the way that I wanted this to come out, even in the slightest. But you know what? This is the way that it came out. So there's something in here that apparently the Lord wanted somebody to hear this way and not the way that I wanted to put it, I guess. I'm not super crazy sensational if you're a new listener at all. <laughs> at all in any sort of way um but yeah i mean it's i know i had promised somebody this podcast specifically over and over again because this person struggles with it horribly and so much to where it's paralyzing yeah in so many different ways because and it can, you know, I mean, we fall victim to self-doubt every single day when the kids are acting up and they're not acting like they should. And you know that you taught them better. You know that you've brought them up in the Lord and they're acting like little heathens, like they're just crazy. Don't think our and house is immune to it. Because it's not. We don't have that like magic elixir. And, we and, you, and, begin, and you begin to go, am I even a good parent? Like, do I? Even am know I failing I'm, that poorly? Like, does, like, is everybody this bad? You begin to doubt your parenting skills and how you're bringing them up. You begin to doubt, you know, it, it's, it's all over the place. And it can be paralyzing. You know what the remedy is? Stop. Don't let it be. Yeah. Get up and go. Let the Lord pick you up and go. Remember that you're being renewed. Remember that the Lord does not keep record of your sin the way that you do in your mind. And I think a lot of us are held captive to our self-doubt by our past you know, by our past, even our past sins, the things that we've been forgiven from, um, that'll help. That that holds holds us captive, and paralyzes us, because you're like, you know what? I used to be a huge yeller and used to just be really degrading person. So that's all I am. That's all who I am now. That's why my kids are acting the way they are. It's because. I'm just a horrible person. I'm degrading and I used to be, you know, all these things. No, that's not the case at all. I guess it can be if you're continuing to live in sin and then you haven't, <laughs> you haven't been forgiven in the first place. But again, these but, things are only going to be as out of control as you're allowing them to be. Right. We have to, you know, that's where we have to take our thoughts captive. We have to be in God's word. We have to do these things. We have to trust in him. 
and that's what's so hard sometimes when people are like ah, but this just, or that just, or whatever. It's like, well, don't let it. I mean, -hmm. until you're ready to truly say, guess what? Suck it, Satan, no more today. I'm Mm -hmm. not doing it. Like, until you're seriously going to do it, doesn't Mm -hmm. make it magically disappear, magically go away, but until you're ready. And that's what, you know, actually, that made me just think. So I guess I feel I really need to tell you this now, but that's it. You know, when people say, you know, because you've shared the story about how obviously you weren't living the way you should for so long. And then it was around that time when I really got serious about reading the Bible and it was this huge change for you and yeah, whatever. And people go, well, how do I get that for my husband? How do I get that for my life? And it's so funny because it's like, yes, I needed to be doing the things that scripture is so clear in telling us that we must do. So until I was ready, right? Because I, for years, complained that you weren't the godly husband that I wanted you to be and you weren't doing these things and I complained and complained and got mad and resentful Mm -hmm. and all these other things that never fixed anything it wasn't until I finally said you know what I'm doing this like I'm responsible for myself I'm gonna start doing this that's where like that example started to stir something up in you but again it wasn't my doing anything until you finally had that moment in yourself of you know what I'm not doing this anymore. Something has to change. Like that final snap moment of like, I can't sit around and wallow in my depression, in my self-doubt. I can't be paralyzed by this and controlled by it. And it made you angry and frustrated and all of that until you finally had that time of, you know what? I need God. I, I There has to be something there until you had that moment that you truly were like, you know what? all right, this is happening. Like if you're not really ready to be that, you know, where the rubber hits the road type (coughs) thing for yourself, if you're not going to hit that point, then nothing's going to change. And that's where I've said, like, on the biblical womanhood, I feel bad to say it. Sorry, I just coughed in everybody's ear. Yeah, don't mind Brandon. He's rude. I did not mean to do that. I'm kind of like trying to come down with a really bad cold, I think. You're, are you getting another man cold? Yeah, I you think guys, so. Guys, he is such a man colder. Um, oh, hush. My, am I wrong, man. though? Am I wrong? Okay, but like, remember Lily? Okay, the like, baby's teething. I don't feel well. You can't have a man cold right now. We'll schedule this on another day. Well. Um, but no, but is it not so true? And I feel so bad sometimes to say it, but it's like, and if you're not ready to truly be like, I am a change creation, I am doing, mm-hmm. then you're wasting your time. Oh, yeah. And everybody yeah. else, like, you have to be ready to be like, you know what? Okay. And it isn't that it's this, like, magic switch or something. It's it's your heart in the, the issue. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to truly trust God, to take your thoughts captive? And, and literally mean that by when they start in, like you said, when they start and be like, no, done. I'm not that person. Get out of here, Satan. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you destroy me like this. Yeah, I'm not going to let you. I'm taking you, that power from right, you. Right, you can't define who I am and what I do anymore because that's not And I think to realize that you've given him that I power do. and you can you you have been letting him have that power, but as of today, no, I've taken it back. I've handed it to God and you are done. You don't get to hold that over me anymore. Run your mouth all you want. I'm not letting you in. And that's why it's amazing how much as Christians we love to perceive that we are weighed down by so many burdens in Christianity when it's not. I mean, it's really so freeing, but it's, you have to let it, you know, you want, like I said, most of the time our behavior is shaped by our own personal experiences and our own personalities. 
you know, obviously that's the things we do, the things that we're interested in, the way that is usually the way that we behave. So, I mean, well, I can, that, that can go very, very dark <laughs> if you let it. Being, being shaped by that can, can be very, very horrible. So you don't want to be shaped by what your flesh and what your human nature is, but rather just be your renewed self and be shaped by your renewed nature. And that's where that, that, that comes in, where you just stand up to those darts of the enemy and you, and like I said, just say no. It's not gonna, that's not who I am. That's not what we're doing. And you know what? I think sometimes letting go and even though you perceive it as a defeat, sometimes letting go isn't a defeat at all. Sometimes it's just moving on to a different way of addressing the issue. So sometimes when you feel defeated and you feel that things should be the way that they should be and you're trying to set your bar, you know, for yourself, you can't, you'll never reach that bar that you're setting. You're it's you're always at it too high. When you fall, then you're just going to give up. You know, so you need to, you need to not define yourself like that. We, we have a horrible, horrible tendency to do that. I, I, I know I do it myself. I set, I set this bar up here and I say, this is exactly what I need to do to feel good today about myself and about others and what I need. You know how often I accomplish that? Like never. <laughs> because it's impossible. Yeah, like only a couple times have I ever been like, you know what, it was a good day. But then I still go, well, I could have well. done this, I could have done this, could have done that. But <clears throat> still just remembering that and just remembering when we're going through those troubles and those times where we're just on the ground just in we take it to prayer and we pick ourselves up and we say come on let's go and we give ourselves the correct Philippians 4 attitude where we know how to be content we know how to be very very high up we know how to live like that right everything's great everything's awesome I don't got a care problem in the world. But then I've also been at the very, very bottom where I don't know how I'm going to make it towards the next second. I'm down to the seconds here. Yeah. I'm crying out because I don't know how I'm going to make it to the next second. You need to put your perspective in between that. Right? Then no matter in what situation that you're in, whether it be the best or the worst, that you can, that's where Philippians 4.13 comes in. Your perspective is you can make it. You can do anything through Christ. Why are you doubting? Don't doubt. <clears throat> it's difficult. You'll be high or low. You'd be like, wait a minute, I thought I could do anything. I can't do this next moment. Yeah, you can. You may not see past it, 
But you're being, you're making out, you know, you're getting out of it. That's just living to the next day. Sometimes. Like I said, this is my own personal experience most of the time. It's difficult. You know, sometimes it's difficult to see the pain in people's lives, but it's awesome because it puts it into perspective to me, so I love it. But at the same time, at the same time, sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's so much pain. I'm running out of, I'm running out of heart in prayers. Like I'm not running out of heart, but I mean, just in in, I don't know how much more of my heart that I can give in sorrow to people because I am just constantly thinking about somebody's just horrible situation and praying that they're delivered from it. And we talked to many of you very personally. We know that there's so many situations out there. And I'm just like, I I don't know how much more pain the human heart can take. Yeah. I don't know how much more I can give. Yeah. Uh, in some days, I just. Because from our view, it's already too much. Yeah. I'm like, my God, I don't know how much more. And, you know, we pray and pray and pray. And, you know, I think my. You know, I think my my voice is, my thoughts are worn out from prayer of thinking of all of you. And, you know, some days it's just, it, it gets really, really tough. But, you know, like, you know what, that's going to, that's going, going to be what gets me through it. That's what's going to get me to stop doubting and to stop overthinking and to stop, just do it. What makes any of that true? And then also any of the things that you're thinking, what makes any of that matter if they, if it is true? How does that matter if it is or if it isn't? So it's, it's about just making sure that we're in that perspective that we're, we understand that we can do anything because Christ, and we can go through anything because Christ is with us. And then ultimately, he's going to pull you out of this situation and things are going to be awesome. So don't doubt, go for it. Whether the situation is personal with your family, how they're treating you, don't be held in bondage. Don't worry about what they're saying. You worry about following the Lord. He'll worry about those other details that you're trying to figure out. Maybe your hands are too far in it. Maybe he wants you to get out and let him handle it. Do you ever think that maybe you're the one that's lousing up the whole situation? Maybe it's you that's in the way of your children's faith. Maybe it's you that's in the way of of your your sister or your brother or whatever not in the way of of being kind and and loving and sharing the gospel with them but <clears throat> in the way of sometimes we try to be overbearing and we're like they're not changing it's getting worse i don't know what to do i'm trying to do all these things you're trying to do too much. You can only do what you can do. You can't 
supernaturally change the situation. Guess who can? And you have to believe that he will do it. Believe that you can get out on the water and walk. This isn't take it and claim it. But when it comes to this, when it comes to these things that we worry about, these real life things, I'm worried about the salvation of my older children, you know, or my parents or whatever else. And we get so busy with, with regret and, and doubt and maybe you're in the way of the Lord working. Maybe you need to say, you know what? Okay, I've done what I can do. It's in the Lord's hands from this point. You need to go and live your life and stop doubting and stop worrying. Oh my gosh, what if? What if this doesn't work out? What if God doesn't help me out this one time? What if he doesn't answer my prayers? What if, yes, we're, we're dealing about the eternal here, but we're also... Dealing with the eternal here, the eternal king, the, etern the eternal God. So why are we worried about these things so much that we doubt and it just changes our behavior? It changes our day. It changes our, we cannot let it. We cannot be captivated by it. We cannot let Satan use his tools against us to this just most powerful tool he uses of this doubt to keep us from uh, the mission that we have. So it's something, like I said, that I personally struggle with. I personally deal with. But how I learned to deal with it was I read the Bible I realized that there's many of biblical figures in the Bible, including our Lord and Savior himself, that dealt with doubt and self-doubt. Okay, Christ didn't deal with like, oh, am I Christ or can I do? No, but he dealt with a moment there of humility, like of, of where he was human. And he knew all of the things that he was going to have to go through. And he's like, oh, Father, um, the, f the sp you know, uh, if it be your will, let this cup pass. <laughs> if this could happen. But regardless, your will be done. He had that moment of fear. And then also... Later on in Matthew in 26, I mean, he says that, tells Peter that, come on, the Spirit, pray, because the Spirit is willing to follow God's will, but the flesh is weak. How am I going to do that? But pray. Pray in consistent prayer. And so I realized that, wow, okay, well, it's okay to kind of be like, Oh, wow, how is this going to happen? I have no clue how this is going to work, how you're going to get it. What the whole point was, is you're like, hey, y'all saw what I did with the bread, right? I multiplied the bread like many times. Don't worry about that. 
worry about the teaching that tells you that I'm not who I say that I am and that I can do what I can do. Once I saw that, I was like, you know what? I think that I can suck it up. I think I can get over myself for a little bit. And I think that I can let him handle it and just let everything that I think, just give it to him. Be like, you know what? He, he's the one that's going to judge me anyway. So he, he's the one that says that. Don't let my even my own thoughts... Paul said, you can't let your own thoughts <laughs> control you like that. You can't judge yourself. Because that will control your your daily routine, your daily activities, and it will definitely begin to make you doubt. So, hopefully I rambled about self-doubt enough to show that I am <laughs> super vulnerable to it. I know how it goes. But also to encourage everybody that this the secret to success and all of this of course and the answer to everything is christ Always. but um he he the bible has a lot to say about it and he strengthens us in so many different ways um and we we get a character of of doubt all throughout the 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 epistles with paul and worrying about the different churches and worrying about their faith. So you start to see that what's a healthy kind of concern versus a self-paralyzing and almost can be at times demonic attack of doubt in, in lies being fed to you. So hopefully this will help somebody... Hopefully get out of their self-doubt hole and just crawl out of it and just start doing things and trusting Jesus for who he is.